Cloud Multiverse Podcast. I'm your host, Usman Sindhu. If you've been following our previous podcast, uh, we named it IT Experience. Well, we're back after a little bit of break, but we got a new name. So why the new name? Well, uh, the new name is fitting because the technology landscape is complex and always changing. And we hope to bring new topics that will help the technology leaders navigate the multiple dimensions of modernizing their technology and processes. So to kick things off, I got a great leader with me. Josh Goldstein is a VP of Product Strategy ServiceNow. And he has worked for many years with customers, understanding their needs and helping them overcome challenges as they adopt modern tech, such as cloud and DevOps, but also understand people and process challenges that come along with them. Josh, welcome to the podcast. Hey, thank you, Rizman. It's really great to be here. Yeah, no, we're happy to have you. Now, in the interest of the multiverse um, analogy, is you have an interest around the string theories, multiverse, even the Marvel stuff, or any of that stuff? <laughs> yeah, I, I don't know. I got to say, my own my own beliefs are pretty out there. You know, I, I I think we very well could be living in a multiverse. For all for all I know, we're living in a simulation. It's uh, <laughs> very hard to very hard to know. <laughs> Yeah, no, I know. It's interesting times. Now, uh, let's start with hearing something about your journey. And as you work with the technology leaders for past many years, what do you have seen regarding customers' maturity in modernizing their processes and technologies? Yeah, I mean, I think over the last few years, it's been really interesting because right now we're going through a period of technological disruption and change that only comes along every few decades. And I saw one of these earlier in my career, um, but it was really the last time we saw change that was this significant and was happening this quickly. And it was during the internet boom of the late 90s and the early 2000s. And whenever you have these kinds of technological change and disruption, there's two kinds of challenges that come with it. There's the technology itself, all the new things that you have to understand and you have to learn, you have to uh, adapt to them. Um, and then the other piece is that you have to grapple with all that technological change and also um, trying to figure out if the new technologies are real and should you be adopting them now or just watching them for the time being, you know, deciding if you're going to jump in at, at a later point. And today we're well into the adoption cycle for cloud computing and for new software development methodologies like DevOps. And we have a tremendous amount of interest in this Um going on and people are also now starting to to look about the uh the potential for generative ai and what should they be doing about that today because it has the the potential to be the next major disruption in technology the the second kind of challenge that we have besides just knowing about what technologies to adopt and, and learning them is what do you do with your people and, and your processes that are in place and oftentimes what I see is that, that human nature can be more difficult to manage than the technology itself. And the reason is because people spend a lot of time and effort building their careers and becoming experts in the prevailing technology of their time. And adaptation to new technology really stretches people. And some people are really good at embracing that kind of change and, and others are more resistant to it. And you know, from a company's perspective, the company can only move as fast as the people in the company can go. And it's the same way with processes. The, the processes are built many times over years, 
to manage specific technologies. And the processes need to be revisited as, as the technology changes. Um, but you don't often know what's the right new process. How do you, how should you put that in place? How do you get people to define it and, and adopt it? And these challenges around people and process are oftentimes as big or even bigger than learning the new technology itself. So, you know, kind of what it all adds up to is the adoption cycle for new technologies can often take five years or more as you work through all these challenges. Everybody wants to be agile and nimble and cutting edge and to adopt the new technology because you can see where the application is going to be, where the benefit's going to be. But the reality of getting there is more complex and requires a lot of long-term effort and commitment. Yeah, that's a great setup, Josh. Uh, it's a lot of times it's the, the comfort zone of the people and, and also the inertia. And it takes a while sometimes to get over that. Now, we just got back from Knowledge Conference, one of ServiceNow's uh, annual event, the flagship conference. It was great energy there. And you met with a lot of customers and partners. What did you learn from them about cloud adoption and modern technology stacks to really help their business grow? Yeah, I mean, first of all, it's always great meeting with our customers because you get to the truth very quickly. And what I saw was there was a lot of commonalities in the customer conversations that I had. And any individual customer could be at a different stage of their adoption when it comes to cloud and cloud native development. But patterns were very clear um, when you looked at what was going on across a broader set of customers. Um, so I think the first thing we saw was that the mandate to get to the cloud is very clear. And most companies have set pretty aggressive goals and timelines um, on getting to the cloud. And if you think about it these days, if, if you were starting a new company, you probably wouldn't build out your own data centers because there's a lot of cost and complexity um, and some, some big daunting challenges that you would have to overcome in order to stand up that data center. But these days you can use the public cloud like it's a utility service. You can just sign up for what you need and pay as you go. And that would let you focus your dollars and your people on your core business, whatever that happens to be. And established companies who didn't emerge in the presence of public cloud, they didn't have a choice. They had to build and operate their own data centers. But now they also want to focus on their core business by moving to the cloud. The difference is, unlike a startup that just goes to the cloud from day one, established companies have to contend with the legacy of their past not just the technology, but the people and processes as well. So what we see is that there's this pattern of cloud adoption that emerges and it kind of goes like this. Um, the first thing that happens is that the, the earliest adopters of cloud and modern technology stacks are typically the developers in an organization. And that's because the cloud makes it easy for them to rapidly provision what they need and to move very quickly. And they can bypass a lot of existing corporate processes. So this, this kind of movement of the developers to the cloud is, is phase one of cloud adoption in, in a big enterprise. Then after a period of time, uh, as the developers are operating in the cloud, there's a realization that maybe things are a little bit out of control. And it could be costs that run higher than you think, or it could be that a critical application has some downtime, or it could be that there's a security breach, but there's some kind of compelling event and it typically happens a few years into the cloud adoption cycle. And 
that compelling event sparks the company into the second phase of the cloud adoption journey, which is often to pump the brakes a bit and re-examine the cloud with a more regimented approach. And during that phase, this, this second phase, you often see a cloud center of excellence emerge. And the, the CCOE, the cloud center of excellence, is tasked with standardizing the technology stacks that the development teams have been adopting on their own and building a safe environment in the cloud that meets corporate governance standards. And they also want to try to make cloud consumption repeatable and traceable and manage the costs. So the CCOE is usually a cross-functional team. You have experts from software development and operations and security um, and some other roles that are all working together to make this happen. And that CCOE really shepherds the company into the third and most mature phase of cloud adoption, which is where the company has achieved a balance of agility and also process control. And when a company gets to this stage, they fully understand the cloud. They understand all the tooling surrounding the cloud that they're going to use. They understand the roles that everybody plays in delivering applications in the cloud. So they've aligned their technology, their people, and their process. Um, what we see in our customer conversations is that most customers today are still in that first and second stage. And what we're doing is helping them to navigate that and, and move them towards the, the third and final stage where everybody is aligned. Yeah, that's a really good um, way to explain this. I really like your three stages that you mentioned. And I want to pick up something what you just said about setting up cloud as a service, a utility or utility service. Um, now we understand, right? It's a priority and it's a priority for ServiceNow as well to help them get through the complexities. But, you know, frankly, customers do get stuck. So where are they getting stuck? Yeah, I mean, what's interesting about that question is that generally we don't see customers getting stuck on the technology issues. There's smart engineers at every company and they're good at figuring out new technologies. Where people get stuck is with other people when there's conflict or misalignment of goals. And so it's in that second phase that I was just describing. It's often the longest and most complex phase, not because of the technology, but because it's the phase where people have to come together for the common good of the company. And to make that happen, you have to have willing participants, you have to have strong leadership, and how long it takes to get through phase two, and whether you get stuck, it's like it's kind of like negotiating a, pre, a peace treaty between nations. Um, one nation is the developers who pioneered the use of the cloud and were able to bypass existing corporate processes and governments. And the other nation is the IT team, along with compliance, security, risk, finance, and, and all the other groups that put those processes and governance controls into place to begin with. And getting to kind of the, the peace and the prosperity of phase three depends on both of those nations compromising. Um, so what it means is that like, the developers don't get to do anything they want and bypass processes anymore, but the processes also need to adapt to become more agile and developer friendly. And this isn't a technology problem. It's about how people come together to understand the broader needs of the organization. And frankly, it's not easy. Um, the larger the company is, the harder it can be. It just takes a lot of time and commitment. But it does happen. Um, people just have to to stay the course and 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 see it through. I love your analogies. This peace treaty is just an amazing analogy, and because 
that's really what ServiceNow helps with, right? We we have a platform where we can enable uh, these various teams to come on board and do their best work. So that kind of leads me to my kind of final question for you today is how does ServiceNow helps these technology leaders in their cloud adoption journey? Yeah, I, th I think it's really interesting because the, the ServiceNow platform is really broad and it's really powerful and it spans this entire journey to the cloud. And also one of the, the things that's unique about ServiceNow is it's not just a technology platform. Like we really are all about bringing people and process and technology together. So we're, we're uniquely suited to deal with these kinds of challenges. And we've aligned our capabilities on the ServiceNow platform to those phases that we just talked about. So in the beginning, we help customers in that first phase to plan and enact their journey to the cloud. So if you think about a typical large enterprise, they have application portfolios that could be several thousand applications large. And that's a really immense challenge to analyze and figure out what you should move to the cloud and in what order you should move it and when should you do it and what resources should be involved in moving it and to track the progress of the whole program. And ServiceNow helps you do all of that. Then when you get to that second phase where the CCOE emerges, we help our customers to codify and automate the processes and the governance that they need to successfully operate in the cloud. So as you're negotiating that peace treaty and you're understanding what the rules of engagement are gonna look like in the cloud, ServiceNow is the place where you kind of build those rules and, and build the, the way to automate the safe environment to operate in. Um, and the way we're able to do this is because cloud native technology can be expressed as code. And ServiceNow is actually able to, to look at that code and validate it against known good rule sets that help you keep the guardrails on your cloud environment. So you can kind of think of ServiceNow as an invisible guiding hand. We're sitting behind the scenes, we're watching what's going on, we're flagging things that need to be corrected and making sure that they are indeed getting corrected. So that helps you get through that second phase. And then finally, as you start to get to the point where you, you're operating in the cloud, we're helping our customers to do that with resiliency and performance and security. So we've helped you move to the cloud and to develop the strong processes that you need to operate in the cloud. Now we're helping you to ensure that your applications are running and operating as expected. And I think the thing that is really impressive about the breadth of our platform and our ability to do this is that we have the ability to work across teams within our customers throughout this whole three-phase maturity journey. And it doesn't matter where you are. You could be in phase one or phase two or phase three, and ServiceNow can help regardless of your current situation. Um, you don't have to use us from day one to be able to get a benefit, although it certainly helps. So what I really like is being able to see our customers mature as they're adopting more capabilities on our platform. And, and I really love hearing the stories that they tell us about how they've been able to positively impact their business and their customers as a result of ServiceNow. To just borrow Josh's words, the platform provides a breadth across teams to really unify the different workflows and that invisible guiding hand. Love it. Uh, thanks, Josh, for being my guest today. Oh, thank you, Usman. It's really my pleasure to be here. Thanks for hosting me. Yeah, and we will get you back here in a future podcast as well. 
And thanks everyone for listening. Stay tuned for more episodes as we navigate this multidimensional universe of tech, people, and processes. And if you have an interesting idea, please do reach out to me and send it to me. That's all. Bye for now. <laughs>